Good luck being tough. Hello and welcome to Behind the Sounds. I'm your host, Leah. I'm here today with songwriter, producer, artist, Cameron Bedell. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. I'm really excited um, to chat. We are going to talk about this a lot later, but I'm assuming you've had a very busy weekend as uh, we've had the EP, debut EP from Tierra this week, um, which mm -hmm. you have been heavily involved in. How has mm -hmm. this kind of release weekend been for you? Yeah, definitely a lot of texts and emails and, and, um, and social media, you know, dms and stuff like that so it's been like a constant like getting back to people and you know i mean uh, everybody which is good i mean it's it's great and everybody um you know congratulating me and and then tiara and everything and so it's been um been pretty crazy but that's a good thing you know so. yeah definitely and how how has this kind of year been for you as as a musician kind of doing things from home or in quarantine what's it been like yeah. uh, is it nice to kind of I mean, we're, we're nearly there, back to normal. Has it been nice? Oh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's had its ups and downs. It's been nice to like um, have, um, I guess you'd say a, lo a, lot, a lot of time to, to work on things, but I also, I had twins in a pandemic. So me and my wife, so like, it was a little different for me because there was a lot of that that I had to do, you know, um, but as far as like working with people via Zoom and stuff like that, like it's not ideal, but you just figure it out, you know, and um, and somehow, some way we've been able to stay creative and continue to create. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, as you said, you had twins in a pandemic. I think that's a, you've achieved enough. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah, house must wild. be very crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> no but all good um so i'm gonna as i said like start at the beginning as i do with everyone where okay. because you've you've the past few years especially for you i'm assuming have just been amazing so where where did it start where did your your love of music come from and your musical influence kind of in your childhood um yeah okay so i you know my dad was a um um a bass guitar player and he played in a lot of bands uh growing up and um he was very influential um once I started playing music because I didn't really start playing and doing music until about fifth grade or maybe sixth grade somewhere around there and um um when I first started like doing that stuff it was a lot of um early um influences were like um Casey and Jojo and Usher and um, um, a group called um, Mint Condition and um, a lot of R&B music was kind of the influence. And and then, of course, my dad, um, who was the one playing all that music in the car, you know what I'm saying? So um, that kind of uh, was the main driving force. And then kind of as I got older, it became like singer-songwriters, like the Dave Barnes and the Gavin DeGraws and, and things like that, that I really kind of clung to and Mark Broussard and some David Ryan Harris and those kind of guys um for whatever reason I just gravitated towards all that kind of music and and then it you know went into country and then mm -hmm. and then you know kind of so that's kind of the the it started at R&B moved into singer-songwriter and then kind of ended at country so <laughs> it's a good journey to take <laughs> um, yeah yeah it and, was 
did you obviously your dad was a musician so did you yeah. kind of grow up wanting to follow in his footsteps and be a musician or did you have other plans and kind of fall into it yeah I didn't necessarily like want to be like a bass player or playing a band or anything like that I I um I think I are I am um, always had music like in me um but it, I really didn't find it until you know fifth or sixth grade but um I always wanted to play sports like basketball. You know, I thought I was going to be in the NBA, you know, and, and that was kind of my, my dream as a kid, you know, or MLB. I wanted to be King Griffey Jr. You know, like I loved that stuff. And I do think sports correlate in a weird way to music and like rhythm, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much that gets talked about, but I really do think that there is specifically um, basketball Um where, you know, basketball has a lot of rhythm to it in general. You know, um, you've seen those Nike commercials where they're bouncing the balls and stuff like that to rhythm, you know, and stuff like that. So mm. it, it does have a lot of um, correlation. And um, I don't know, I think it kind of translated into that and for me. And a lot of it came very natural. Um, and I think that, I mean, has to come from, you know, being my dad's son, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And so you went to Belmont, right? So you you made that move mm-hmm. to to go to obviously like a really great college and, and moving to Music City. Is that kind of where the country came into it and the, the more so this is what I want to do transition happened? Uh, no, actually, it uh, happened before that. So I, I didn't start listening to country music until high school, actually. Um one of the first like songs that really kind of hooked me was Melt by Rascal Flatts. Mm. And um, um, I remember um, some buddies of mine, um, I, I went to a predominantly white school. And so there was a lot of country music just in general, you know, that I was around consistently. Um, there was Country Stampede that was like an hour away that happened every year and all my friends would go and stuff like that. You got Brad Paisley playing and and, you know, whoever, Toby Keith, Kenny Chesney, and, and, and everybody, you know, loved these acts. And I never really listened to any of them. Mm. Um, and then I heard this guy singing, the lead singer for Rascal Flatts, Gary, uh, Rascal Flatts. He was, um, had this voice that was like, I could relate to because it had so much like soul in it. It was like mm-hmm. very soulful, very, had so much R&B influence in it. And so I kind of like was like, well geez, this might be a good way for me to like connect to the country genre and, you know, my friends who all listen to it, you know, because um, it was always like, ah, country, you know, I don't listen to country music, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, that kind of helped kind of usher me into it. And then once I got there, once I got there, then you go and you find all these songs, you find these Brad Paisley songs that you're like, holy cow, mm-hmm. what a song, you know, these Kenny songs, these I mean, these Keith songs, you know, I mean, oh my goodness, they're, and then you just start kind of slowly but surely just like finding all these gems and falling in love with the genre. And that all happened back in Kansas for me. And, um, and then that, that kind of continued to grow through college in Kansas and it wasn't, and then that's, that's kind of why the move to Nashville even made sense Mm -hmm. because I knew I was going to move to a music city, but LA was like, had none of that whereas you know LA was strictly like yo you know R&B pop music like you know it's straight that lane and Nashville was I felt like it still had elements of that but it was 
pretty, it always kind of seemed like it was predominantly country. Um, but it was definitely an easier step to go to Nashville, a more smooth transition. Mm -hmm. And when I got here, I realized very quickly that in, in order for me to do what I wanted to do in this town, like to be able to do country and R&B, like it was probably going to take some time, you mm -hmm. know, and um, that was in 2010. So, I mean, it's been a long time coming, you know, I mean, a slow burn for sure. Mm -hmm. Ten year town, yeah. ten years town. Ten year town. And what yeah. was your when you when you got to Nashville? What was the plan? Did did you have a plan? Was it just I'm just gonna mm -hmm. soak up all I can, play shows? Was there any kind of format that you followed that you thought this is where I'm gonna this is how I'm gonna get to where I want to be? Yeah, no, not really, but kind of. I mean, it, a, a plan started to develop as I lived here so I tell everybody I'm like when I moved here I didn't really live in Nashville I lived in Belmont because mm -hmm. you, you I lived in the dorms and when you live on campus like that like I never really got outside of gotten like ex explored the city like I you know probably mm -hmm. should have or wanted to or whatever it wasn't until the next year when I moved down to my own place that you know I really felt like I started to live in Nashville and then you know got a job down at this place called Taco Mamacita and started slinging tacos and and, and kind of grinding in the city and and going out and playing writers rounds and doing shows and so I was trying to I was always doing I was when I first came I was doing my own music it was not this whole like writing for other people thing mm -hmm. and co-writing wasn't something I ever did and and um but I studied music um I studied songwriting at at Belmont mm -hmm. no no not slamming Belmont but or anything like that but it's kind of a pointless degree I mean Let's be honest, you, mm -hmm. but you'll never get anything with a songwriting degree, not even a songwriting gig. Like mm -hmm. it does not exist. So it's um, it, it was a bit of a waste of time, which I realized quickly and then switched my to like liberal studies just to get my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, but it was you take those classes and they're, they're they're more like master classes on the craft of songwriting. You know what I mean? And so. Um, when I, uh, as I was doing that, I kind of started to kind of like figure out that like, oh, like I can sing, like I know that right now, I've done that. I can write my own songs and I can put out songs and stuff like that. My problem is, and I record them myself, I do all that. The problem is I don't write very good songs. <laughs> so that was something I noticed early on in moving here that like my songs and my, they're not up to par. Like they're right. just not good enough. And um, so I would, after Belmont, then spend the next, you know, 45 years, like, really working on that craft and kind of pushing the artist thing to the side a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was just one big, like, you know, evolution of Cameron Bedell, you know, and it's still <laughs> evolving, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's obviously paying off. But so with obviously working on the songwriting side of things, you did, we're, we're going to talk about this briefly, but you did obviously audition for American Idol. Um, yeah. So was that a, right, okay, I'm going to be an artist, this is going to help me, or was, like, was it a plan to, to, to catapult yourself, I suppose, um, as an mm. artist rather than a songwriter? Did you feel that was where it was going to take you? Yeah, I mean, at that stage of my life, it was any way to get in the door, you know, yeah. I mean. It's whether you're songwriter, producer, artist, whatever, you know, you, you're willing to do kind of or try whatever. And that's kind of the situation. I didn't I didn't I didn't wake up one day and go, 
I'm going to do American Idol. Like they reached out mm-hmm. to me because they saw videos online and was in the, and, and they do a lot of scouting of talent mm-hmm. beforehand. So when they came, they were coming to Nashville, they kind of went through a Belmont portal to get to me and a lot of my friends. That's why on that same season, I mean, I had one of my best buds, David Duvall was on there. Uh, Rayvon Owen was on there. He was top three, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, Kellyanne Rogers was on there. I mean, there was Sydney Mack who was, um, shoot, sorry. Sydney Mack was on there. Um, Keelan Donovan, um, you can look up all these names. These are all cats I went to Belmont with. We were mm-hmm. all in the same season. And uh, Cody Fry, he was on there as well, who's amazing. And um, so it was um, interesting because they scouted us. And so what you basically, you get to skip the judges, mm-hmm. you know, so, or not the judges, skip the like cattle call thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you get to go straight to the judges. And uh, so I was like, well, why not? I mean, I might as well do it. I mean, I'm getting a little fast track here. So let's see if I, you know, maybe I'll mm-hmm. make it to Hollywood and something crazy will happen and I'll get some airtime and, you know, and it will help catapult this and this mm-hmm. and that, you know. So it, I didn't see it as being that something that would be harmful to, to try. But it was definitely a pretty crazy experience I wasn't necessarily ready for. <laughs> but and, uh, Yeah, and I'm curious because when, when you watch the auditions and like even watching yours back, people walk into this room and it's, everyone seems so calm. And I think, how can you be that calm? Because obviously it's a massive deal anyway. But then you put you put yourself in front of literally not any old producers. It's like Keith Urban, Jennifer Lopez, Harry Connick Jr. How do you walk in and just stay calm and then sing the song you sang, You Are the Best Thing? Just such a, a laid back, chilled song. <laughs> I don't know you... what you saw. I don't know what video you saw. But I was about to poop myself. Like, that was so nervous. Are you kidding me? I was I was so not myself. Like, I remember every... I remember I was cool before we went in. Like, I was fine. I was like, Magoma and sing a song, sung so many times. Like, I'm mm-hmm. good. Something happened. As soon as I walk in, my mouth got dry. My, my nerves just completely took over my body. <laughs> I wasn't, if you watch, if you watch the video um, carefully, you can really see me like do like little nervous tics and like stuff. And then like, I mean, dude, I was, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. <laughs> I've never been that nervous in my life. And I look back and I'm like, golly, it's so crazy how like three humans, the same as you mm-hmm. and me can, can like, can make you feel that way. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like, I don't know. I had also, I had done that. They make you like, rehearse your 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 audition in front right. of in that same room just in front of producers that morning before the mm-hmm. judges get there that afternoon so like you already know what you're doing you know what it's going to look like but then some reason you get in there and the lights are on and jennifer lopez is staring at you <laughs> and Urban's right there and you're just like yeah i'm not so comfortable anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. well you played it cool and of like the song as well as i said like it's such a chilled out song that it and it's mm-hmm. just such a happy vibe so you you definitely yeah. it came across well <laughs> i'm oh, gonna yeah. watch it back though <laughs> with, with like more detail um yeah and you got the i mean you had great feedback in your audition and, and yeah. obviously went through the to hollywood and and okay yeah it didn't work out in the long run but do you mm-hmm. look back at it with with kind of a positive experience you know do you, are you yeah. glad you did it yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean it definitely, like, had I not been aired, 
like on national television, not so sure it would have been like that big of a deal. But mm -hmm. I, I will say that like, it has definitely like, it's pretty wild how much like has been like has catapulted or has kind of like been an extension of the American Idol whole thing for me. Mm. So when I got off American Idol and as soon as I aired like back home, like all of a sudden Wichita, Kansas is like, we've got, we've got our, like our guy, this is mm -hmm. the guy who's on American Idol, Wichita mm -hmm. native, you know? And so when I go back home, all the radio stations are calling me and all the, you know, and I go back and I play a show at my old high school and like, you know, tons of people are coming and I'm just like, wow, like this is, awesome you know mm -hmm. and so like I was very quickly I was like man I need to put out as much music as I can to kind of like piggyback off all this you know um so I definitely think that it was worth it in all aspects um even though it was a it was uh, I only lasted till the like I don't know 50 or 40 or something like that but I'm glad I did get off when I got off because I didn't have to sign any major contracts you know mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it's kind of a perfect reason. storm yeah, and yeah. then obviously, as you said, coming off of that, you, you released a lot of new music, you, you had an album out and everything. What was that time like? Because as you say, you're kind of carrying mm. on from this one moment. Did it did it feel like it kind of went quickly and you had a lot of momentum or did it feel like yeah. a slug? Yeah, it, it was really kind of crazy because as soon as I got off American Idol, I did this video cover or I did this cover of the weekend, um, weekend song, Earned It. Mm. Uh, with my friend Megan Davies and she had a pretty large following on YouTube at the time and we did this cover together and it blew up and went viral mm -hmm. and streamed like crazy on Spotify and YouTube and Apple Music well I don't think Apple Music was around at the time but mm. but streamed like crazy on Spotify and uh, sold like crazy on iTunes and so I um, I was like like man like this is kind of crazy like so much is happening right now. Like I definitely need to release music. So I had a lot of songs that I had mm -hmm. kind of done in a way on, um, like I said, I produced a lot of my own music. So, um, or I've always produced my own music. And so I had a lot of songs kind of like I could put out, but like at this point I was like, I didn't put them out because I felt like I was still kind of like, I don't know. I felt like they felt old to me, even though they weren't, you know, like I was like, I want to create new stuff, you know? So I was like, well, just put these out because whatever. And sonically, they weren't the best sounding things I'd ever done, you know, or anything like that. Cause I wasn't really like trying to groom them. I wasn't prepared to put them out yet, but I was mm -hmm. like, if you just do it, like you, you'll forget about, it. you know, you, you won't even think about it anymore. You'll just put it, you know? So those have been out for, you know, years now. And it's mm -hmm. that, it's the, it's the um, body of work that's out there on me right now. And it's like memoir and, and um, Thursdays and uh, life in color. And uh, it's got some, 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 some good songs on there, but it, it, I've always thought about like, man, I need to take that down. That's old. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's really cool because, you know, like that's something that like, it's kind of like my first like major Nashville project. The first thing I released from Nashville and I think it's just a part of the journey. So I, th I think it's cool to kind of relate back to like your first thing, mm -hmm. you know, to have it, have it in the catacombs of music, you know, for my kids to see and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't take it down. Definitely don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see. And, and at that point, obviously you're saying, like, I, I, I personally feel like co-writing in, in Nashville and being a, a so-called like a songwriter in Nashville and music has become way more even though it's been a thing for years and years it's become a much yeah. 
more heavy thing the past few you know the past decade or so so at that point right. when you're releasing music and you're kind of doing this whole artist thing were you in the back of your mind thinking I still want to work on this songwriting craft I still want to work to write songs for other people or I'm just going to write for myself was there a kind of correlation between that yeah I mean I I I like I said like it was I, I realized that like I, or I felt like my songs just weren't like good enough. Mm-hmm. And so once I left Belmont, I spent the next four years and in that next four years, I was working at Taco Mamacita, but did idle in the middle of that and had the earned it video happen and then released that project. And that was in like 2000 and was been like 16. So that was kind of the end of it all. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm leaving Taco Mamacita uh leaving my job and I'm gonna go find a publishing deal and I want to write full time and um so I went and met with you know I felt like I was ready to to do the I wanted to like get into the professional business of writing songs um and um so I found um I met with a guy named Brad Bozer and and uh, we met um at Edge Hill Cafe one morning and I got hooked up with him through an old friend at Belmont, Allison Junker. We were in sociology together and ran into her at a restaurant one night. And I'm, she's like, hey, you should come play some songs for me. And I went and played mm-hmm. some songs for her. And she's like, you need to meet my buddy, Brad. And so I met Brad and Brad was like, he shows up and he's got this stoic look on his face. I'm like, yeah, this guy does not like me. <laughs> and we spent like an hour and a half talking and he called me like two hours later. And he's like, I love you. I love everything about you. And I was like, really (laughs) and uh he's like yeah i want you to come meet the rest of the team over at liz rose music Mm -hmm. and so i came over and i met scott and um who's um the head over there and then liz rose and um and then whoever else was over there at the time emily shackleton Corey crowder um phil barton and seth ennis and and uh there was a there was a big group of people and i was kind of the new guy and um they signed me to a publishing deal that was a co-venture with Warner Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I kind of took off from there. I just took off running. And I was just like, don't know what I'm doing, but here we go, you know. And um, looking back, I mean, holy cow, from that moment to now, I mean, written, you know, 500 songs, you know. I mean, so many. It was like, you want to talk about getting thrown into, like, the fire and, like, you know start chiseling away at this dream like you're in it now Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I mean I was in it and uh that first couple years was just like a just like constant just like learning process in every room you're learning you know you're co-writing constantly Mm -hmm. every day and at the same time I'm like producing some stuff still um like for myself or every demo I'm producing myself so I'm also kind of growing as a musician and as a producer so I would say since 2017, when I signed um, at the beginning of 2017 till now have been the most formative years of my music career, just because I've been able to do it like full time. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And and obviously you mentioned some names that you were working with like Powerhouse. I mean, Liz Rose, firstly, totally anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, Obviously, the likes of Phil Barton and, and obviously Emily Shackleton, they've had amazing careers and especially mm-hmm. in the past few years so you, when you go from kind of writing your own songs and then to collaborating with these people how do you 
kind of does it feel really intimidating at first walking into a oh. room with these experienced songwriters big time i remember my first write with liz it was her and corey crowder and i mean i can remember it like it was yesterday mm. they set me up on it because they wanted me to meet the writers and kind of get a feel for them in the room and like them feel out me whatever and i walk in there and corey's producing this track he's like i got this idea um and liz just takes off with her she's got a pit uh she always has like a, a notepad or whatever in her pen and she just kind of starts writing like her lyrics and they're all over the place you don't know what in her head they're in like straight lines she knows what she's doing but if you look at the paper it looks like gibberish and she's sitting there writing and Corey's playing the track and I'm over in the corner like like what do I do (laughs) (laughs) trying to pitch in as much as I could you know but I was just like uh and the song was done in like 30 minutes and I'm like all right you know good job guys good job (laughs) basically a cheerleader in the room I was like and that was just like the first time I was just like okay like this is how it works and then you realize quickly that like well you know Liz has been writing songs for a long time and she's you know she's got her way and and her style she's a big time like momentum type writer it's like Mm -hmm. catch the moment catch catch the magic and then go 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 go. get it all out don't sit there and you know try to hammer one line and whatever like keep that momentum and um Corey was a very busy guy at the time was producing um a a good chunk of uh, acts and and you know they, you know, we just, it was just about, that room was about, you know, you know, get flipping it, you know what I yeah. mean? Just getting, getting in, getting in the song and, and kind of moving forward. And it was big old wake up call, man. I was like, holy cow, you know, but then I, you know, I started to settle down a little bit and get in rooms and start to find my voice in rooms and, and, and what, you know, and now, I mean, it's like, so funny looking back like to like when I have people like that that are new to the company now that Mm -hmm. come into my room and it's like I'm looking at them going I know where you're at (laughs) like I just just it's gonna get better (laughs) don't worry yeah no obviously and I mean it's paid off you've done extraordinarily well especially as we said the past few years must have been a bit of a whirlwind so I want to I want to yeah. talk about some specific songs uh maybe favorite like my favorites but some, yeah. some songs of yours that I, I love and I want to talk about um quite a recent one from the past year and um, Ryan Griffin one prayer left am I right in saying this mm. was a, a zoom track a zoom right a zoom released all that was it written in yes. quarantine that was it was written about a year ago at this time yeah. well maybe yeah about a year ago and mm. we um it was me ryan griffin thomas fincham and jason massey um we were all on zoom like this and um we wrote um this song fairly quickly um kind of fell out thomas brought the idea in and uh, we all kind of loved that uh the whole concept of it and um i think you know you have something when it's like i wouldn't say easy to write but like you don't have to like conceptually think about it so much right and it was one of those that was like it's like yeah i mean like i i prayed for a lot of things but if i had one prayer left you know i thank god for you you know like it was very conceptually like attainable to like get that lyric out and so when i we finished up I was kind of playing the guitar over here and I had a little beat going and uh, um, Jason's like, Hey, send that over to me. I'll finish out the track. And then Ryan 
we'll figure out how to cut a vocal. So I finished up the guitars, sent it over to Jason Massey. Massey finished up the tracks. And then Ryan, since it was very early in the pandemic, no one can go anywhere. Ryan um, cut the vocal on his iPhone in the closet, in his closet at his house. And um, they he sent it back to Jason. Jason mixed it up, you know, whatever. We sent it to the label. The label freaked out. They loved the song. And they were like, we want to release this one next. And and uh, we were like, okay, well, Ryan's got to go in and get a vocal. And they're like, yeah, no, we love this vocal. Like, however you did it. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, really? So the vocal you hear, he cut on his iPhone in his closet mm-hmm. at, at his house during quarantine. And uh, you would never know that. And it was, yeah. That's kind of a crazy thing about the iPhone is the iPhone has a pretty incredible um, built-in compressor and... and um, mic situation going on there so <laughs> it's a nice little, <laughs> people little are writing this down <laughs> yeah like, we exactly. can do it from home yeah, that's incredible cool. and was that mm-hmm. like one of the first songs you wrote from quarantine yeah that was that was probably yeah first or second song i wrote and on me via zoom quarantine you know and i think one of the first songs to be written on zoom recorded all remotely and put out on like a major label record uh or uh, recording artist and um so kind of crazy, man. I mean, yeah, kind of a crazy story, but yeah. But it was kind of nice to have that happen early on, and and because then you can like, I, it gave me like Zoom confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That like things can come. You know, you can get stuff on here. Yeah. Where there's a lot of artists and writers in in this town and in LA and in the UK that are like, they just hate Zoom so much, and I get it. There, you, you, there's a there's a disconnect. There can be a disconnect, but. Um, if you can find a way to make it work, you know, I think it you can use it to your advantage, you know. Yeah, and it obviously worked for you guys. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, and trust me, there's been some Zoom sessions that have not worked <laughs> a good bit. We'll just talk about the ones that did. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, um, and then another track um, that's come out quite recently, actually, 2021, um, is, is Breakups that, that Seagulls yeah. recorded. Um, yeah. I, I love those guys. They have yeah. had kind of an incredible few years. For anyone that hasn't listened to them, I find kind of they're really uplifting. They have quite a lot of upbeat tracks, kind of quite mm-hmm. dancey, vibey tracks. And then mm-hmm. you kind of like drop this this heartbreak song with them. Um, yeah. But it, it's so good. And the vocals say, was, was that a quarantine song or was that written pre all of this and has only kind of just made it out now yeah i um yeah i love the c fourth boys I'm, I'm actually i'm with i'm writing with them today in about an hour and nice. um and they are some of my favorites in town and um i think vocally they're incredible and musically just as incredible um tom does a lot of that production now and 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 uh it's i don't know they're amazing to work with mm-hmm. um but when we wrote this song it was I mean, at this point now, like two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it was me, the boys, Seaforth boys, and uh, Liz Rose um, back at um, Liz's older office, and um, we came in that day, and I mean, it. Tom, one of the uh, Tom had just broke him and his girlfriend had, a couple years had just broken up the week before, and so he was fresh off a breakup, and all that. You know, when when you when you're in a room with somebody that that has those fresh, you know, breakup feelings, like mm-hmm. you know, you, you you'd be dumb not to you know try to you know use that to your advantage because I haven't felt a breakup in years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 
if I'm going to write a breakup song, like it, it sure does help to have someone in the room who's going through it, you know? Yeah. And um, I can't remember exactly how that song fell out, but I remember we knew we had something like at the end of that session, we were like, man, I don't know what this is, but this is great. And it's always been one of my favorites, one of their favorites, one of Liz's favorites for the past couple of years. We've just always yeah. been like, when are you putting that out? Cause that song is so amazing, you know? And, um, then finally they did and and um um it's just been really cool to see the journey that song has taken and right now it's doing really really well and um so yeah I'm proud of that one for sure it's a good one and just obviously that's quite a long time two and a half years but do do you kind of lose confidence in it or are are you kind of do you have that that clarification from the boys that it will come out it's just not the right time yeah I mean they have a label that they have got to deal with as well and you know and and I've had a lot of songs sitting around on artists and stuff on hold and a lot of, you know, I've seen things just fizzle out constantly mm. and everybody likes their newer, their newer stuff, you know, it's like, so I knew we had something, like I said, when, when it, when it was able to last through, through two years like that, you know, mm-hmm. it was always something that we, that they knew they were going to put out and they never left that. They knew they, they continued. That's what I love about them is they knew that was a song that they needed to put out that 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 had legs you know as opposed to like man this new song we love we just wrote with this big songwriter you know like we got to put this out and it's like they were really good about remembering that feeling and how great this song was when we first had it you know what I mean yeah and uh so yeah that one I think was always it it was inevitable for that one so I'm I'm so happy they put that out yeah no me too and as I said I think it it kind of credit to the song because as their kind of career and, and their kind of hit singles so far have been more kind of upbeat ones and, right. and this is, was kind of a bit of a change for them I remember hearing it and being right. like whoa is this actually them but mm-hmm. I think credit to you guys because obviously they believed in it and and it's it's done so well so far so yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm glad it yeah. out <laughs> yeah hopefully it, it uh love to see it continue to kind of like blossom and and uh, hopefully um, go to country radio. You know, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I look forward to hopefully hearing it on the radio soon. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, we, we have to talk about it. We, we touched on it briefly earlier, but but let's talk about Tiara. She is yeah. a force of nature. Um, yeah. She, we've had kind of singles from her coming, and then she's released her debut EP um, mm-hmm. this past weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. You produced the EP, and is it four out of five of the songs you co-wrote with her as well? So a, a yeah. big part of the project. Um, yes. Tell me, talk me through kind of how you two got connected at first. Yeah, um, you know, there's 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 not a lot of you know there's not a lot of African American people in this genre to begin with, you know, and so um, all all I really had was Jimmy Allen. And Jimmy's a good friend of mine and, and, and we've written a lot together and worked a lot together. And, um, then there was Mickey Guyton and me and Mickey have worked a lot together and, and she's a dear friend of mine. And, and, uh, then Tierra came along and Tierra was playing at this round at, um, this venue here in town called the listening room with this song suffragettes group. And I was like, Oh, who's this girl? Like I've never seen her before. And I hadn't even heard her play. I didn't, I haven't heard her sing or anything. I just saw her up there. And um, I was like, 
I was like, oh, wow. Like, because I mean, two, having just Mickey and Jimmy in town is like, that's it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that I had access to, uh, you know, Darius, I couldn't get to, you know. Um, but I was like, um, when she came along, I was like, hmm, interesting. And then I heard her sing and I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, she's like really country. Like, she's not like trying to do the genre because it's, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it was very authentic. So I was just, I hit her up and I was like, hey, you know, slid into her DMs and was like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, but a bunch of people saying we should work together. Like, I would love to, you know, I mean, I was lying. I was just trying to, you know, find a way to, you know, get together. And and um, and we were originally supposed to have a co- or a co-write we, 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 uh, with a three-way co-write with me, her, and another person. But this other person had to back out. Um, and um, so it just ended up being me and her. And um, that's, we got together. And that day, usually when I write with new people, I... And someone, especially like her, she came in and she's like, I'm down to do whatever. Like, I'm, you know, I'm new to this town, Birmingham, you know. Blah, blah. And so, like, she kind of, like, from day one was like, what what do you want to do? And and I'll, you know, I'll kind of find my, my thing. And it just so happened, what I did was exactly what she wanted to do, mm -hmm. you know. And so that first day, I was like, well, these are the kind of vibes I would love to hear you sing. Like, you know, we started writing this track, Founded in You. And 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 she's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, like, what I've been looking for, you know? And I was like, yeah, same. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, I've been trying to write music like this or wanting to write music like this in this town for a while. And, like, you're giving me that perfect outlet. And it, it was just a, kind of a match made in heaven. She's like, this is the sound I've been wanting to do. And for me, it was like the music I've been wanting to write. So we met, uh, we, we started working a lot together from then. And um, it just made sense. I mean, I was making the tracks and and um, producing the demos and stuff like that. So like basically by the time we we're ready to put out music, it was like just basically going back to those demos, getting new vocals, um, getting instrumentals, um, getting players to play on it, different drummers and bass players and guitar players and and just kind of figuring out from there and um, and souping up those demos more or less, you know, sometimes starting from scratch and and um, depending on what song it was. Um, but we we originally we changed the number of songs that or we changed the song a million times. There was there was um there was a couple of different songs that probably I mean she'll probably end up putting out but didn't mm -hmm. make the EP just because they didn't feel cohesive with what else was on the EP yeah you know but they're still like jams I mean they're mm -hmm. still amazing songs and like there's some that we have that like I can't wait to put out you know um but she's very good about that she she's very like um intentional in what she does yeah you know which is I mean something not a lot of artists do and I think is very crucial you know, uh, there's not a lot of artists that like know what they want to do, you know, and go do it content and whatever, you know, what they want to wear, what they want. You know, there's a lot of artists that are just like asking everyone else what they should do. She's not right. like that. You know, she's like, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of what makes her, I feel like, special. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm such a big believer that it's like, it's stupid. It's like, it's a no brainer if you ask me. You know, if I had to put my money on any one artist in this town, it'd be her for sure.
Yeah, you know? I I completely, I think this is going to be the first of a lot we're going to hear from her. Um, yeah. Such a stellar debut. Um, I, I wanted to touch on it as well, because there's a, a collaboration in there with Breland as well, who mm-hmm. this yeah. past year has just blown up. Like, he's yeah. done so well and yeah. has got mm-hmm. a massive following. Was that kind of them two together and, and you jumped in on it or how did that work because the, the song miles is great as well and obviously ended up on the ep Thanks. but how did how did he come into it yeah no we wrote miles a while ago um with jared scott uh meteor and jared wrote that and, um meteor and jared and neil medley also wrote shut it down and and um um when we wrote miles um we finished it and we're like, man, we love this. This is cool. And it just kind of like sat aside for a while. Well, when we would play it at shows, it was a lot of fun. We went to the la 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 la. You know, and I had I originally in the original demo, I I I just put in a like placeholder type rap in right, the middle yeah. of it. And um and when we did shows, me and her, I would always do that during the shows. And it was always like this really fun song to play. And everybody loved it, you know. And what I think a lot of people like about it is you, you, it's, it's a song you don't really have to think so much about, you, you know, mm-hmm. like lyrically, you know, just feels good. And um, so we were talking about um, what songs to put on the EP, and this one was originally not on it. And I was like, after a show, I was just like, man, I just keep thinking you need to put that song out because everybody loves it. And I was like, if you don't think like, I was like, obviously, I'm not going to be on the song, but if you want like i think it would be smart to get somebody in the genre to do that and the mm-hmm. only person i can think of is breland who's just kind of came off the success of the you know my truck you know mm-hmm. and i was like i think he'd be perfect for this and she's like why would he do you know why would he sing with me and i was like well you don't know until you ask and so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we asked and he was like i love this song let's do it mm-hmm. you know and so it was like such a cool thing how that came together and he sent us over um this 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 work tape of him singing to it and and uh him kind of coming up with some bars and i was like yeah that's definitely yeah that's it yeah you know <laughs> and so he said he, he recorded his vocals and sent them over to me and then we we got them all mixed up and put in the song and yeah so it was awesome yeah and i'm it's a good one as you say like it's going to be one yes. of them that when you when she's able to kind of play shows and play it live it's, it's gonna get a great reaction oh so. yeah we we played it we played it at the listening room here in nashville about three months ago or a couple months ago and and breland came and he did his part and i mean it was it was a blast it was mm-hmm. he it was it was a really killer uh turnout um for that song yeah so yeah nice i know i'm excited to hopefully hear it one day in person. i know right <laughs> yeah um and then so obviously You've, you've written a lot of songs for a lot of other people. We're running out of time a little bit, so we can't dive into more. But in these past mm-hmm. years where you've you've established such a lot, you know, obviously Tierra and Ryan and also Seaforth, Levi Hummond, uh, Logan Wall, so many people. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you kind of, do you feel like you've solidified yourself as a songwriter now? Or is there still that bit of you that thinks, no, I'm going to, I'm still going to release my own music again. <laughs> is that, do you, is there a plan for it? what's what's the situation uh, yes it is um i actually have a 12 song album coming out tomorrow no i'm just kidding um i <laughs> breaking um, news i yeah no i have uh i definitely have plans to release um my own music this this um 
this year again, finally. And um, I think I'm going to release something for the first time in a long time and here in April. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then just continue to kind of like, yeah, put out music on myself when I can. It's really tough to like, because I produce my own stuff. So it's really tough to like focus on when you're focused on other artists so much and other stuff, you know, I'm, I'm writing for other artists. I'm now producing multiple artists and then like to like be an artist yourself and then have three kids. Like it's, (laughs) it's a lot. Time becomes such a, you know, it's just like sleep becomes less and less and, and it's just, it's just a lot. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's why it's been slower on that end, but definitely will hear from me as an artist again um, uh, this year. So, yeah. I'll look forward to it. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. we'll as well. Um, so we're, we're going to have to wrap things up. I know you're going to you're going to mm-hmm. play for us, which is going to be awesome. But I do have um, three final questions for you, okay? Uh, which I ask everyone. Um, they're all yeah. about the threes. So my first question for you is: Can you name three songs that that you wish you'd have written? I'm sure there's a lot, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so one song is um, um, House That Built Me. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best written songs I've ever heard. And I love it so much. Um, um, just for the writing clout, I would want to have written that one. Um, for money's sake, I would uh, <laughs> wish I've written um, uh, uh the uh, all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, and um, for uh, the sake of uh, um, feel and like groove, I uh, wish I would have wrote No Diggity by Blackstreet. <laughs> nice. That is a good mix. I like. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Just off the top of my head. No, but why not? Um, yeah. And then three three albums that you you couldn't live without. Yeah, this is tough. You mentioned this one earlier, and I was like, uh, um, oh, gosh. I, I definitely know that Continuum by John Mayer would be the number one. Um, the the third and fourth become a little bit harder and I'm, as I'm looking over at my vinyl records um, because I, 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 I have so many, like, because albums are hard, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in, like, the last phase of, like, albums, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. my, my, my generation. So, anything recently that's come out, like, it, it, gosh, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm kind of blanking here, I'm just talking <laughs> myself in circles. Um, Continuum, maybe I would say, if I was on a desert island, you know, if I was on an island, I only had three. Continuum, um, uh, maybe since it was such a oh oh Karen Crow by Mark Broussard um definitely um one of my favorite records ever and then um probably uh uh um this this is this is cheating but probably um a record I listened to the most as a kid um was the let me look it up what it's called um um Oh shoot! Um, uh, it's a Michael Jackson um, record, and it's mm-hmm. it's like all his like 
best. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, we can take a greatest hits. I can't remember what it's called, but it's um. Oh yeah, this is it. It's uh the uh, uh Michael Jackson history, past, present, and future. Nice. Um, it's uh the one where it's like a storm behind him. And he's standing there like this. Um, that record, I I or that tape, I mm -hmm. I wore out as a kid. So yeah. I would say that. Nice, yeah. nice. That's a good mix as well. Continuum <laughs> Sorry, gets brought up a lot. So <laughs> No. Say that again. Continuum gets mentioned a lot, and uh, I credit oh, it as sure. one of my top three too. Um, yeah. We had Alex Hall on a couple of weeks ago, and I challenged him by he said Continuum, of and I he said, would say. "He probably what's said all your favorite." <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, "What's your favorite song of Continuum?" Which I think is like the hardest question ever. Yes. But if you could name one. Oh uh, gosh, you're asking me now. Um, you know, I would I would say belief for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's specifically the live version, though. Yeah. Is it always the yeah. live version with John Mayer? It has yeah. to be live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The live version is 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 amazing, and also he he gives a little shout out to my buddy Dave Ron Harris, um, in in the middle of it, and Dave goes off with his little thing. So it's uh, it's kind of a cool little um, and the and, and the ending is different. It's yeah, it's just probably my favorite for sure. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then final final question. Uh, three kind of artists, producers, songwriters, whomever, who who you haven't yet worked with, but you'd like to kind of work with in the future. Oh yeah, I, I this one's tough. Um, I definitely would love to work with. Um, would definitely love to work with. <sighs> it's hard because. I, I, there's people I would want to work with in like their prime. Like mm -hmm. I would want to work with Stevie Wonder in like his prime. You know yeah, what I mean? Nice, nice. Um, just because I, I feel like he was such a force, like musically. Like it'd be amazing to work with. Um, but like currently, like I would love to work with um, someone like um, like Drake. Yeah, um, nice. would be amazing Drake uh, Justin Bieber um, and producer wise um, probably um, Ryan Tedder nice yeah, yeah they are good choices I mean I can I can feel a Drake collaboration I feel like that could yeah right <laughs> Tierra featuring Drake, <laughs> yeah. Drake I mean put it out in the universe <laughs> you never know <laughs> um, but no good they're, they're good answers I like them but, but thank you so much that we're, we are at the end now. Um, thank you so much for, for the stories um, and, mm -hmm. and for being a part of it. It's been, it's been great to chat. Uh, I will yeah, leave the stage to you uh, to okay. play and then we can go from there. So thank you so much. Yeah, um, heck yeah. You can take it from here. Okay. Okay, this song's called Tough. Drive a stick, throw a fastball, 
catch a fish. I'll teach you how to be tough. But when she walks in, uh, she'll mess you up. She'll make you want to learn to dance and go clean out your truck. And you're gonna think you're strong enough. But when she looks you in the eyes and tells you she's in love, good luck being tough. She walks up when it gets late. Drive her home. You wanna stay the night, but it's better if you don't. And boy, you're gonna have your first fight, and you won't sleep at all. She'll stay at her sister's and won't pick up your calls. But when she walks in, she'll mess you up. So say you're sorry first, that's what a real man does. Hold her close, don't hold a grudge. When you know you've almost lost the one you love, good luck being tough. Oh, good luck being tough. She walks in and they say all right. And she's standing with her daddy in all white. And you see your mama, and I'm all choked up. Hold your breath, boy. Here she comes. Good luck being tough.